This is Lefty Lucy Righty Tidy, a Texan caught in the middle with Craig Allen. And you are listening to the feature of the week. Are you tired of your normal boring podcast? Are you tired of politics from the extremes? Well, you have found something truly different with an entertaining look at the worlds of politics and history. Now, with this feature from our podcast this week, here's your host, Craig Allen. Hello, one and all, and welcome to the podcast, Lefty Lucy, Righty Tidy, a Texan caught in the middle. This is our bonus edition we call the Feature of the Week. This is a new part of our show where we feature a highlighted segment from our main podcast. In this week's edition, we feature a segment from our regular podcast that our staff believes is the best of our programming for this week. This feature is called The Race, The Polls, and The Political Trolls, where we discuss Donald Trump's strength in the Republican primary polls, and he is also gaining traction and really pulling away from President Biden in both the national polls and in the battleground polls. He must now start to consider a running mate. Who will he choose to run with him as his vice president, potentially? As we discussed in last week's podcast, where we explored the position of vice president, it is now becoming a much more important job, much more important on a national scale, even a worldwide scale, as they are given tasks which are important to the job of vice president. As we used as an example, President Trump giving Vice President Pence the job of looking after our COVID crisis. Therefore, this is a very important job. This is why our staff chose this as our feature of the week this week. Ah. In any case, I want to thank you all for joining us today. And if you like this program, please let us know by liking us on whatever platform you listen to us on or by following us on Podbean or our Facebook page at Lefty Lucy Righty Tiny. And now, without any further delay, we will join our current feature of the week. I personally do not want another Trump versus Biden battle for the presidency. I would like to see some younger, fresher choices for the presidency as we have some serious problems to solve. Yes. And it is apparent to me that Biden doesn't have the capacity to solve them. In fact, I'm not sure he has the capacity for a lot of things at this point. I was looking at Nikki Haley or maybe one of the other younger, fresher individuals as a problem solver, as somebody who could step in and help us solve real crises that we have going on in this country. And I'm not just talking about inflation. I'm talking about things that go down to the culture and the moral fiber of this country. Yes. That are tearing us apart, that are putting us into problems that we do not need. Looking at Nikki Haley, she's been a governor, she's been an ambassador, but she is trailing President Trump. And frankly, Trump is ahead overall in this race, both in the Republican primary and he's now ahead of Biden across the country. I look at polls every day and in every poll I look at, he's pulling away, he's far away 
He's jumped way ahead. He's ahead in states he shouldn't be ahead in. He's ahead in states that he is further ahead than he's supposed to be in, or he's close in states that he should be nowhere near Biden in. And so this is Trump's baby to lose at this point, just about 11 months away from the election. So if Trump is going to be the president again, possibly, who would he select as a running mate? This is what's been going through my mind. And this is our discussion in this week's segment, the race, the polls, and the political trolls. Who would Trump select as his running mate? Mm-hmm. Kevin McCarthy just announced that former President Donald Trump should choose Nikki Haley as his running mate. <gasps> wow. <laughs> I personally think this would be a real winning combination. With Trump's age and his brash politics and his style, I think this might soothe some of the people who don't like the way he led as president and some of the way he speaks. She's moderate. And frankly, she's a better politician, knowing how to correctly say things in a political way rather than the Trumpian way. The taking the hammer to political speech, as I like to say. She would be a much more soothing way of handling our political speech. Selecting someone like Haley or maybe another good general election type candidate would bring in more moderate voters. Yes! But you also need to have, when you select a running mate, when you select a vice president, someone who's going to help you win a certain demographic or a certain core of voters. Maybe you pick a Southern candidate because you think you're going to help win the South as Kennedy did with Lyndon Johnson. Or you pick a Northern candidate like Jimmy Carter did picking Walter Mondale from the northern state of Minnesota to help you win the North. Or you pick a conservative candidate, more conservative than you, because you think that's going to bring in more conservative voters, Uh, like McCain did, going all the way to Alaska to select Sarah Palin. Or you do the opposite of that. Ronald Reagan did that with George H.W. Bush. He picked the more moderate George H.W. Bush as his running mate because he thought that would bring in the more moderate Republicans and specifically the more Northeast moderate Republicans, which it did, frankly, for him uh, during the 1980 election. In fact, Reagan and Bush was a perfect combination. And there's been a few perfect combinations like that throughout history. I do think Trump-Pence was okay, but not really a perfect combination because... They were both older white men from the north, northeastern area, and it just wasn't a a great combo. They're both really conservative, and I don't think it was the best uh, combination. It turned out to be a winning one, but I think it could have been a better combo had Trump chosen a better running mate uh, from a selection standpoint. Certainly, if Trump picked a better running mate, it could sway more voters. Can even sway me depending on how he does it and how he runs his campaign. I liked Trump as president in the way he ran the government. I did not like the way he ran his mouth. I did not like him as a politician. Let's make that perfectly clear. He's a businessman who saw parts of our country running into the ground, i.e. our infrastructure, our military, our inner cities, and wanted to make it all better as president. The problem is he runs a campaign with a jackhammer 
and he just sees all sorts of things and he just speaks about it. And that's not the way politics goes. You can't just say anything you want anytime you want. You can't throw your first thought that you get in the morning when you get up on Twitter or on Facebook or whatever you are using for a social media platform. You can't do that. That's not the way politics is. Actually, really, you should run the thought processes through your head first, then through your advisors, then through those who are helping you run the government and think about it and then do it. Yes! And that's the way politics is. That's really the way it should be done correctly because it shouldn't just be one person running a country. It should be a group of people running a country. That's why you have a cabinet to begin with and the cabinet should help you run the country. It should not be one person running the country as a dictatorial president. It should be a group. And that's what Reagan did so well. He talked with his cabinet. He listened to his cabinet. He considered things they said. Sometimes he would go with his gut and his thoughts. And other times he'd run it through his cabinet and change his mind completely. And that's what we should do when we're president of the United States. It was wrong of him to do it otherwise. Yes! And let's put it this way. If you get the right kind of VP when you're running for president, they should be able to push you one way or the other and they should push you in the right direction. The left fought Trump as president because they feared how well he would do. The left in this country were afraid of how well he would do and were afraid that he would win and gain power for the Republican Party because he was a moderate <gasps> Republican, believe it or not. He had voted Democrat for many years. He had given money to Democrat causes. Trump did. I know this may sound shocking to a lot of you because you don't know his real history. But if you go back and look at the real history of President Trump, that's what you will see. As he gained power, though, his mouth and his Twitter account began to ruin him as president. And his complete disruption, his complete ruination came in the way he handled the COVID crisis. And it was his downfall. But he has a chance to make up for it now. Ooh. In his campaign, if he stays on point and quits calling people names, stays on top of things, stops doing things that causes stir and gives fodder to his enemies, he might do something. Do something different. Do something better. Yeehaw! I would still rather see new choices, though. I do not want Trump or Biden to be president. They're both either approaching 80 years old or over 80 years old. Why can't we get somebody new, somebody fresh, somebody different? Most of our presidents have been in their 50s and 60s. Why can't we get somebody like that? But let's take a look at who Trump might select if Trump is the next Republican nominee for president. So let's look at Nikki Haley first. She would be my first choice at this point. Oh. She's Indian American. She's from a Southern state. She went to Clemson University. And Trump is from a northern state, so that's a great match. She has leadership experience serving as a governor and an ambassador. She's conservative, but more moderate on some issues than Trump. She has not criticized him like the others have running against him, so that, that makes them a great pairing. She could bring in more women to vote for Trump, which Trump needs. Yes. She did not endorse him in 2016, but she served in his administration as ambassador. She is a great debater. So a VP face-off with Kamala Harris would be very interesting and probably a great debate. She will help with independent voters and Trump is leading with them in most polls already. So that would just push them even higher. There are so many advantages to having her as a running mate that I can't list them all here. And I think that it is to the point that I think she would be an excellent running mate. 
Another good one would be Tim Scott, the only black Republican in the Senate. He has been in the House and in the Senate. He knows Washington well. He knows how to fundraise well. He's very well liked. He's very well respected. And frankly, he is believed in. He's a faith-based politician. If he endorses Trump and jumps on the ticket, it could pull in evangelicals who ditched him somewhat in the last election. In that 2020 election, some evangelicals moved away from Trump. It would certainly shore up some of the anti-abortion voters who might have chosen to either vote Democrat or sit out the 2020 election. He was not very strong though, that is Tim Scott, in the debates. So a potential face-off against Kamala Harris would be maybe not so good, but I wouldn't say it would be terrible. He's not a terrible debater. He's just not a great debater. He has been outspoken for African-American causes, and this would be a direct gain for Trump, who is gaining an African-American support, period. (sighs) In this last battleground poll done by CNN and the New York Times, he showed 22%, the highest maybe ever polled in this type of polling for a Republican. And it's certainly up from the 2020 election, which only showed 8%. This would be the highest support that I have seen maybe perhaps since Reagan. Marco Rubio, on the other hand, let's go to another potential candidate that could be critically good for Trump. He has run for president, so a very experienced candidate, a very good debater. He is a lawyer, getting degrees from Florida and also from Miami. He is Catholic. That could bring in another demographic. He has been outspoken as both pro-Israel and anti-Putin, which makes him very up-to-date. He is a fluent Spanish speaker and of Cuban heritage. His outreach to the Latino community would be extraordinarily helpful. Among Latinos in the same New York Times CNN battleground poll, Biden was only ahead of Trump by an astounding 4%. In the 2020 election, he won this demographic by 33%. He and Trump have been quietly close for years, talking about Rubio, and I think this would make him a seriously good candidate for this job. Something that's not well known, Trump was considering him for Secretary of State if he had won a second term. (gasps) He worked so well with Trump during the first term that some have even nicknamed him the Secretary of State to Latin America because he gave Trump such good advice on how to talk with Latin American countries. Rubio is a true conservative, but not in the same style as Trump. So he would help pull in some conservatives from the South, but like I said, from a different style as Trump. Trump is more the brash conservative, whereas Rubio is more of the intellectual conservative, the self-styled independent conservative. They would make a good match. Mm. Rick Scott, not Tim Scott, as I alluded to earlier, would be another excellent running mate for Trump. Oh, He has been a two-term governor of Florida and currently a senator. He began his career by heading a successful healthcare company. There would be some pairing there of both of them having a good, successful business background. He ran Columbia, which is now Columbia HCA. He also ran another healthcare company. He has a law degree. He served in the Navy, which would bring in excellent background there that Trump doesn't have. Yes! He would bring in the Southern vote, and he would certainly help carry Florida for Trump. Mm. But I am not sure how else he would help 
voters. He doesn't really carry any other demographics. He's an older white man, and I don't know how else that would help Trump because that's what Trump is. And Trump has a home in Florida. He's liked by Florida voters already. So I'm not I'm really not sure how else Rick Scott would help Trump. Now, Byron Donalds is an interesting candidate. This is one of my sort of renegade or outside thoughts for Trump. I think this guy might be an excellent pick for vice president. He's a congressman from Florida. He went to Florida State. He is black and he would add racial diversity to the ticket in a time when Trump, again, is beginning to gain in polls with African-Americans. He would pull in votes there. And Trump has spoke admiringly of Donald's. The one big drawback here would be his political inexperience because he has just barely been elected to Congress and he ran for Speaker of the House and did not win. So he hasn't really had the political know-how and the extended political victories that would bring the experience to the ticket that the ticket really needs. Trump having had only one political victory of his life, and that was for president of the United States, which most people do not ever have in their lifetime. Trump really needs a Washington winner on the ticket with him. Somebody who has won some offices with him there. So someone who I think would add that to the ticket, but there are a few drawbacks. Here's a wild card that many have not considered. Rick Perry. Uh. He's a four-term governor of Texas, really popular in Texas. And adding him to the ticket would all but assure Texas, which is essential for Trump to win. He must have Texas. He, If he loses Texas, Trump cannot win the presidency. He served in Trump's administration as Secretary of Energy. He has tons of experience running for president twice. He's a good debater. Again, he was four-term governor of Texas, so he's run multiple times there. He was also the lieutenant governor of Texas. He was in the military. He graduated from Texas A&M. He's also been ag commissioner in Texas. So lots of political victories, which would add that experience to the ticket. Howdy, partner. I will tell you, though, Um, All of you non-Texans, and this is a little political secret, the real power in Texas lies with the lieutenant governor, which is why once Rick Perry won the governorship, he kept it for so long. He knew how to run the state. Once you've become lieutenant governor in Texas, you really know how to run the state of Texas. All of that goes back to reconstruction, and I will try to explain that in a later podcast, but not today. In any case, Perry brings in Southerners, And also the big prize, Texas. And he has a little bit of a renegade individualism to him. He'll bring in a different kind of conservative. He's also a little bit of an intellectual. But here's the big drawback with Rick Perry. He's 78 years old. And Trump and Rick Perry would be two old white guys on the ticket. And the worries that people have about Biden being too old, Kamala Harris, part of that is, well, she's young enough. If something happens to Biden, we're still okay. If something happens to Trump, well, then you have another guy who's older on the ticket. So I don't think that would allay those fears. So those are some of the people that I think you could consider. There's several others, and most of them are really pro-Trump people that a lot of people have thrown out there. I don't think that Trump is going to pick someone like that, like a Carrie Lake or somebody that's a, a Trumpian that's in his pocket. Trump just doesn't think that way. 
Trump thinks on his own. I would not be surprised if who he picks is someone totally out of left field that no one sees coming, especially the left-wing media. I would not be surprised to see him pick someone who is totally different from himself. I would not see him picking someone exactly like himself. I would think he's going to go younger and different. And if I were advising him, I would advise him to pick either Marco Rubio or Nikki Haley. But we will see where this goes. In any case, it will be fun to watch if he gets the nomination, who he's going to pick. But Iowa is still the key. And Haley and DeSantis have been making inroads there like crazy, especially DeSantis, who had a dynamite matchup with Gavin Newsom from California. If you haven't seen the debate, you should watch it. In any case, DeSantis, I think, torched Gavin Newsom. And it shows DeSantis's ability to do things like that. And it might push DeSantis a little bit higher up that rung in Iowa. It makes Iowa very interesting at this point. And if any of the other candidates start throwing their weight, either towards Haley or to towards DeSantis, watch out. Trump could get in a bind for the nomination. And we will see how this race goes. If he doesn't get past the Republican nomination, he could always run as an independent. But I don't think Trump has a chance as an independent versus running on the Republican ticket. Yes. Anyway, we will see how the race, the polls, and all the little political trolls running around trying to push one candidate or the other get this figured out. Well, as you can see, Trump has his hands full with his choice for running mates, and there are certainly more than who we have listed here. But it will be certainly entertaining for all of us to watch and conjecture on who his choice will be. We certainly appreciate you joining us for this shorter version of our show, Lefty Lucy, Righty Tidy, A Texan Caught in the Middle. This is our feature of the week. Please catch the longer version where you can and learn more about what happens in presidential succession in this week's show in our poli sci for the normal guy feature and what we learn about history during our remembrance of pearl harbor as we profile a legendary actor in our greatest american hero feature one who appeared in many different films with many different actors from john carradine to john Dahl to john wayne to john cleese and yet who also happened to be a world war ii air force hero who was this man? Also find out what bad jokes our president has been telling, or at least trying to tell. And in honor of Pearl Harbor Day again, we look at a quintessential film that was made so distinctly in a new segment we call Movies That Protect Us from Political Correctness. This movie follows the tale of what happened at Pearl Harbor then goes on to tell, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story, including the Doolittle Raid and the rest of our naval response to Pearl Harbor, with a retelling of the most epic naval battle of World War II from the eyes of survivors, the Battle of Midway. Find out what makes this movie distinct. Thank you for joining us again for this short program. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio, among others. Thank you, KB, for your terrific announcing job, and thanks to all of our staff for their hard work. We thank you again for downloading this program. Please be with us next week for another feature of the week. And as always, thank you again for joining us for another entertaining look into the world of politics. Politics.